This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to the 2019 Federal Executive Forum Series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 14 years. Today's episode brings you CDM in government. Here's your host, Luke McCormack. Good afternoon and welcome to this month's show. I'm Luke McCormack. During today's show, we will be discussing continuous diagnostic and mitigation, also known as CDM. With me on today's show are Gary Jones, CDM Deputy Program Manager, Department of Homeland Security. Bo Hauser, Chief Information Security Officer with SBA. Sally Sweeney, Director of Federal Cybersecurity, KPMG. Ralph Kahn, Vice President of Federal Actanium. Jim Richberg, Field Chief Information Security Officer at Fortinet. And Willie Kremstraw, CDM Program Manager at NASA. Well, we've been on this journey for 10 years. Uh, we've evolved with uh, data center consolidations and uh, cloud smart and cloud first, and then, uh, you know, as a service and data is the new oil and identity management and perfect timing with uh, this issuance of uh, the uh, memo out of the, uh, out of the White House uh, at the end of May in regards to uh, data management and ID management. Uh, and all these things kind of fit together. CDM's been on that journey sort of protecting that environment from the guards, gates, and locks to this sort of multi-hybrid configuration. Gary, let's start with you and just talk about the state of the state of CDM these days, and then where are you guys on this journey as far as protecting this, you know, uh, ever-evolving environment? Well, um, we have, so our, our first thing is you, you can't really manage assets that you, you don't know you own. So uh, with CDM, we're trying to give you that visibility, give agencies that visibility into uh, knowing what assets they have and, um, tracking those assets. As of right now, we have all 23 large federal agencies exchanging data with the federal dashboard. We also have 22 of the small and micro agencies uh, exchanging data with the federal dashboard. This happens to be the first time that uh, the federal government is getting um, visibility into uh, small and federal, uh, small and micro agencies. Uh, we're also releasing our new cyber hygiene tool, uh, agency-wide adaptive risk enumeration, affectionately known as AWARE. This helps agencies uh, get better sense of and manage their cyber hygiene and um, to a certain degree manage their risk profile. And really, you know, uh, it's incredible. The instrumentation that's available now across the spectrum is, is unbelievable. If you look at, you know, when CDM started 10 years ago, and where we are now in the, in the picture that you can, you can sort of capture, you know, as far as the threat landscape, it's, it's unbelievable. So how about at SBA? Uh, what's the state of the state over there? We were talking uh, earlier about, you know, SBA really on this, this journey and, and being, you know, sort of proofing out a lot of these capabilities. Um, how's it going over at SBA in regards to the CDM capability? So what do you guys got cooking over there? Right, right. It's, it's exciting for us because um, we're on a, a pretty rapid modernization initiative, and um, our CIO, uh, Maria Roach, she's, she's really uh, staked out a, uh, an ambitious uh, strategic vision for us, 
And you know, she came in, she didn't want to make incremental changes with what we have, she wanted to do something different. And so what that meant was using cloud like it hadn't been used before at the agency. Uh, and so it, it's exciting to really see how, how cloud is maturing and how, how much uh, instrumentation, as you said, is available now. And it's allowing us to really look at some of these federal programs like TIC and like CDM and explore how, how we can use these cloud tools in a very uh, meaningful way. Um, and so we've started a pilot with DHS to do just that, to really take some of these native cloud tools through their paces and see how far we can stretch them to meet some of these CDM goals. And I think that's fantastic. You know, I mean, look, we started on-prem, right? And the world changed and CDM evolved with it to the point where CDM now actually has some of their tools in the cloud, as I understand, so, which is kind of neat to see that. Uh, how about over at um, Tanium? Tell us what's happening at Tanium in regards to sort of what do you guys see out there as far as the landscape and how it's looking and how you guys are plugging into that? So, um, you know, I think CDM's made a lot of progress over the last uh, five or 10 years. Um, you know, we've done things in the civilian side of the government that really have needed doing for a really long time, right? So the data is being collected. And, and I think, you know, when you look at the life cycle of a project, kind of crawl, walk, run, um, you know, CDM is definitely walking. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that's really encouraging as I look at some of the guidance out of DHS and, and the program office is now that the agencies have kind of gone through the crawl stage and they're walking, now the, the trick is how do you get them running? And what we're encouraging is to look at the metrics that um, the agencies are using and ask questions like, hey, can we get some additional metrics that might be useful? Is the timeliness of the data where the industry is, right? Can we get them running a little faster, get the data a little quicker, make it a little more real time? Um, you know, how do we, is there somebody watching the watchers? And what I mean by that is a lot of times the initial setup of a system works great and then it kind of decays over time. And now that we're walking, it's time to understand, is there that decay built in? And if there is, what do we do about it, right? So that, you know, five years from now, the data we're getting is as good as the data we're getting today. Um, those are some of the things we're working with agencies on. Um, you know, the CDM program is focused on gap filling and that, you know, is a, great opportunity to help some of the agencies not only fill gaps, but to, you know, kind of flex their muscles a little and see if they can maybe jog on the way to running and, and do things a little more quickly. And, you know, what, we're, what we'd love to see is more of a real-time dashboard at, at CDM and at DHS proper. DHS has some new authorities, and, you know, we'd like to see that data uh, in real time so that the executives at DHS and across the civilian government can actually see in real time what the status and the, the kind of the cyber state of the civilian government is. We think that's definitely possible and that's, you know, kind of not far over the horizon. That's, you know, definitely visible. And so that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, and look, let's face it, we're living in a, in a real time world, right? Uh, and and the, the fact that, you know, taking this whole community on this crawl uh, to a, uh, I would say, a brisk walk uh, to the run stage, I think is, is monumental and it's been, um, it's been, uh, it's been a journey, uh, for sure, but uh, there, there, there's always an evolution there. Uh, uh, Sally, how about over at KPMG? You guys have a, an interesting perspective where you're seeing sort of things across the entire community. You're also seeing it in the private sector. So it's a, give us a state of, of sort of, you know, what does it look like out there currently? From the perspective of CDM-specific functionality and capabilities, um, 
I'm a huge proponent and evangelist for the CDM mission and intent. Um, I think that outside of the CDM, you know, program for DHS, there are pushes to get that level of, of visibility into assets, into identity and access management, and as well as the components that are contained within phases three and four of the defense CDM procurement. So it's not just confined to the federal government, the state and local tribal governments, but it is something that has been um, something that is is a a complex problem that is being tackled across both both public and private sectors. Now, from our perspective, we see that the key to success is to really understand the client environment. That's where we have had the most success when you understand the client environment, leverage the investments that have already been, you know, built around from skill sets to processes to policies and procedures, that those technology stacks, the the best idea is to leverage those existing resources in order to either enhance or build on those in order to make sure that the, the, uh, your clients' investments are used as wisely as possible, as well as, quite frankly, the federal taxpayer dollars. And so that there's not just a rip and replace, new silver bullet. That's, that's not how we approach it. So from the perspective of our you know, practical experience working with CDM for, within some specific clients we're working with today, it is establishing common information models so that you can apply that to both legacy and you know newer you know tools to get the data feeds so that you can have those going from layer A, B, C, D, which includes the local dashboard and the federal dashboard. Yeah, and uh, let, let's face it, I think, you know, maybe we'll talk about this in the lessons learned. I think that was one of the biggest things. I think we all as a community learned in phase one is, you know, rip and replace maybe is not the solution, right? There is a lot of interoperability. A lot of these tools now are, have gotten much more sophisticated and the, the data flows much better than it used to. So uh, I, I think the, the ability to sort of take what you have and add to it uh, is, is sort of the, the, the new way of operating, if you will. Um, <clears throat> Jim, how about over at Fortinet? Uh, to, you know, once again, you have a, a great perspective. You're seeing all this activity going on across the internet agency, the smalls, the micros, the larges, et cetera. And you also have a big footprint in the private sector, let's face it. So uh, tell us about the state of the state in regards to where you guys sit. Okay, well, Luke, I've actually got an even broader perspective than that because I joined Fortinet three months ago and have gained an appreciation for what the state of the art in the private sector is. But prior to that, I've spent 34 years in federal service, the last 10 years of which I was the national intelligence manager for cyber. I was the one who oversaw the comprehensive national cybersecurity initiative. So to the point raised earlier, 10 years ago, we weren't even crawling. We were lying in our crib squalling about this. We had some specific department and agency driven solutions, but they were all government created solutions. Now we've gotten to the point where we've got the DHS program, we've got phases that actually help us address a lot of the problems we used to deal with at the senior interagency level. I can't tell you how many deputies committee meetings where we started by saying, okay, what is our exposure across government on this? And we collectively had to do the shoulder shrug and say, we don't know. And by the way, no one has the authority to figure that out. 
So we've moved from the inability to answer those questions to saying, look, we're now going to leverage mature commercial solutions that are out there that allow you to address this. The holy grail that we were chasing for most of the last 10 years in government was we wanted a common operating picture. We wanted shared situational awareness. We actually had initiatives in the CNCI focused on building the tools for that. It was very slow going, uh, and, and this is the type of solution that CDM will actually, if you look at phase one and phase two, allow you to start saying, I see what we have, I know we have automated, automated ways to deal with it. And now that I'm at Fortinet, um, I joke that I wish I could, I could put a speech together that says, things I've learned since joining the private sector about cyber that I wish I'd known while I was still in the senior ranks of government. Because there actually are some very mature solutions in these ecosystems that irrespective of whether this is coming from a bring your own device perspective or an IoT perspective or something in the cloud actually allow you to see activity broad, integrated, automated ability to see something hitting you anywhere, and the you can be not only your organization, but anyone else who's in that ecosystem, make sense of it and push something out across that fabric. And that's something that we aspired to do in government, and we frankly were never able to do. But there are COTS solutions that I think the CDM contract will allow us to start buying into to solve incrementally. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest wins, right, is the, the, the fact that they're taking available, this commercially available uh, capability and now introducing it into uh, sort of the, the federal markets space and be able to, to implement it in a way that uh, stitches it all together, rolls it up with the dashboard, et cetera. Willie, how about over at NASA? Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how we're doing with CDM over there. We're gonna have CDM on the dark side of the moon? What's happening here? <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, CDM is, you know, one of the things at NASA, CDM, uh, we fully embrace the program um, from the beginning. Um, so we, we've deployed phase one and two um, around 98%, almost 100% into our network in production. Um, one reason we did that, we saw the advantage early on, being one of the first four agencies to kind of hop on the CDM in 2013. Uh, one of the things that we, we looked at with NASA was um, how can we, with such a large, diverse environment, network environment, mm -hmm. find tools that'll be able to give us what we need as far as the data. Um, we already had some tools all over, you know, NASA. So we standardized on, on the one that came with CDM, but it's not, it wasn't new, nothing new to NASA. It was already in our environment in one of our centers. So we expanded that. So CDM has been a success for us, uh, and it continues to be as it continues to give us the data we didn't have before, but also the funding. Um, I think a lot of, you know, the technology's there, the technology's available, but it's the funding. And one of the reasons CDM was a success, it came with funding, and it allowed us to keep our own funding within um, OCIO at NASA so that we'll be able to continue to do other things as well as meet the CDM requirements. Really cleaned up a lot of stuff and then gave the agencies a little bit of runway to plan for sort of the funding into the future as well, which I think is, uh, was really successful and really important. Uh, well, we always like to talk about a specific program. We're gonna start with you uh, at SBA, Bo. Uh, you know, you guys are doing some really advanced things over there. Tell us uh, about a specific program that you're working on uh, that may be of interest to the, uh, the listening audience. 
So I'll, I'll give some uh, details around the, um, the CDM pilot that we're doing. Right. Um, it's a 90-day pilot, and um, to, to still align from a movie, we're in the end game now. So mm -hmm. we're finishing that up in the next couple of weeks, and, and we'll be writing a report and sharing that out to folks. But really what we found is, um, you know, it's a cloud-based pilot using those native cloud tools and so what we've been able to do, we, we know that data aggregation is a, is a challenge in a lot of areas when you're taking different tools and you're trying to create a unified picture. So using the cloud and, and really more than that, using the big data concepts that, uh, that are simpler in the cloud, we were able to aggregate six different data sets into one view and we did that in 30 days. That was the first 30 days of the pilot. And so, again, the, when you get away from the constraints that traditional databases have, it allows you to really uh, simplify some of these challenges that, that we face. And then the second phase was, the next 30 days, was visualizing that data. And so we're working through that now, and, and we've been able to really demonstrate that, um, that these tools and capabilities are, are uh, uh, very beneficial in, in really taking things to the next level. The next thing that's really compelling for me is we did this without spinning up a single virtual machine, right? We did this using the services available through the license that we pay for for our cloud service, you know? And then we also have business intelligence tools that we can run on top of the data to, to get into things like scoring, you know, the aware score and things like that. Um, to, to even get to that level. So it's been really, really eye-opening, and we hope that uh, you know, the community, once we write this report and share this out, that, that not only DHS benefits from a roadmap perspective, but the community benefits too, and learns a lot of uh, um, options uh, that they can use going and forward. When, when is that pilot going to be completed? So we're in the next uh, couple of weeks. We'll be finalizing the mm -hmm. the technical phases, and then we'll be in that writing phase, writing the reports. Um, so within the next couple of weeks. That sounds fantastic. And how long did it take you to implement that? Is just to get it up and running. So and uh, we're uh, we're now ingesting. So uh, part of the modernization initiative that I mentioned before, um, we we kind of turned our model upside down, and we started feeding all of our log data into the cloud. We're ingesting 400 gigs a day into our cloud tools, again, with, without running a single virtual machine using those cloud services. So that gave us a, a head start on being able to do the CDM pilot, and that's why we could jump right into it, do 90 days. Um, and, and again, it was about aggregating the specific details yeah. we needed and then visualizing that. Very on-demand type capability, SBA out in front shaking this stuff out. But we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. From large backlogs and mountains of data to unfunded mandates and spikes in demand, federal agencies face obstacles to efficiently completing business and mission tasks. Intelligent automation can help ease some of the pressure. At KPMG, they help agencies access the full spectrum of intelligent automation so they can deliver greater innovation across their organizations while having a more positive impact on their mission, workforce, and constituents. To learn more, please visit kpmg.com backslash U.S. backslash gov automation. The DHS CDM program requires technology partners that can offer the speed, scale, and extensibility needed to guard against advanced threats and improve overall risk posture. 
Titanium CDM approved core platform and suite of functional modules are being used across civilian agencies and the DOD. They offer unprecedented levels of visibility and control of your enterprise, including best-in-class threat response and forensics to help you make the right decisions instantly. Visit them at Tanium.com and get started today. Why do government professionals need to understand the science of cybersecurity? Because their adversaries do. Top rated by independent cybersecurity experts, Fortinet focuses on speed and effectiveness to ensure agencies can rely on seamless, integrated, and intelligently automated security solutions. At Fortinet Federal, our goals match yours. Improve enterprise security, reduce complexity, and optimize resources. Trust Fortinet Federal to advance the science of cybersecurity in your agency. Learn more at FortinetFederal.com. On Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. With me on today's show are Gary Jones, Department of Homeland Security, Willie Crenshaw with NASA, Bo Hauser with SBA, Sally Sweeney, KPMG, Ralph Kahn with Tanium, and Jim Richburg with Fortinet. We were talking about specific programs for CDN. Uh, Sally, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, give us a uh, an example, maybe you want to highlight a specific program uh, that you guys are working on or been involved in implementing in regards to the CDM. Sure. Um, we're supporting um, CMS right now in their uh, maturing of their uh, Splunk implementation. So there we have specifically um, the charge to make sure that we have a, a consistent and unified model to establish data feeds that then can be propagated throughout the rest of the enterprise. CMS is one of the you know, largest uh, uh, entities that has you know, 50-odd data centers across the, across the United States, most of which are run by contractor-owned, contractor-operated, you know, the, the COCO model, you then have to make sure you have a strategy for rolling that out in a way that will be successful across all these different data centers, which is a formidable task. So we are working on right now making sure that there are there is a um, successful model that includes that common information model at the you know Baltimore data center internally at their you know towards their headquarters um, CMS's headquarters in order to then begin rolling that out across across the country. So from the success story standpoint, um, CMS is very dedicated and very passionate about uh, making sure that their you know CDM. Um, functionality works from their uh, existing investments. Uh, utilizing professional services, our role has been to um, enhance the leadership to, because uh, KPMG not being a system integrator, we are there to provide the thought leadership, to provide the high level heavy lifting architecture and engineering to support the our federal counterparts, as well as to guide and oversee system integrators, professional services um, providers, in order to make sure there is um, consistency and meeting budgets, meeting deadlines that the government has set forth. And look, let's face it, that's a, that's a, that's a huge task, CMS. I don't think people realize just how significant, large, complex 
they are over there. So um, uh, that's fantastic to hear that. Gary, how about at DHS? Can you give us an example of a specific program you'd like to highlight and uh, sort of communicate out there to the, uh, to the listening audience? Sure. Um, so Bo kind of stole some of our, our thunder there with the SBA pilot, but that's one of our, our um, collaboration efforts with SBA that we're very proud of that mm-hmm. we're, we're working on with them. Uh, also, with CDM, we're definitely working on closing the gaps with the agencies. Uh, you know, we're using the uh, asset management, which is formerly known as, as Phase 1. Everyone keeps referring to it as Phase 1, but we, we refer to it as asset management. Identity and access management, which is formerly known as Phase 2. So we're trying to close those gaps to really um, address the, the visibility issue in, um, in the agencies. Also, uh, the final thing on, on this is getting defend out. We're, we're really trying to get the defend task orders out, uh, making you sure. Want to give us thirty seconds on what's defend for those that might not know. Well, defend is is the contract vehicle that we are using. We have six task orders on it uh, that we we use to uh, get the tools and sensors, uh, the commercial off the shelf tools out to the agencies to provide them uh, visibility. Uh, we've implemented uh, Request for Service, which is a, a, uh, a RFS, mm-hmm. some folks know that, and that's another vehicle to get tools to the agencies to, to help them be more flexible in what tools they want, what capabilities they want, but I think we're getting to, to a point now where um, we're seeing how modular CDM can be that you don't need, as you touched on it earlier, you don't need to necessarily rip and replace, right. but you can add to what you have and you can um, you know, uh, make it a lot more flexible. Right, I mean, you can kind of in this Lego block, kind of snap it in type thing. And somebody was talking about you know, crawl, walk, run, and there's different levels of sophistication when we're all learning how to crawl and walk, right? And, and bringing that up to network in regards to what's on the network or you know, who's on your network. Sally. So um, the, the, I think the exciting part about the DEFEND procurement structure, having been, I, my previous life I was at G- GDIT mm. and I was technical lead for our, um, for our solutions going after those prime opportunities for the CD, some of the CDM um, groups uh, procurements last year or two years ago now. I can't, it's been so, that tells you what, what times, sure. you know happens when you're dealing with the $700 million deal. But mm-hmm. um, the difference with the defend procurement that I think has been um, important for the agencies to see and hear is that they're focusing on, you know, as Gary was saying, not phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, but, you know, turning towards, you know, the nomenclature of asset management, identity and access management, and also really pushing into the and focusing on the priority of providing capabilities, right, right? right? Which provides flexibility because a lot of times these agencies love their programs they already had in place for years and years and years. They love them. They love their tools. We're already doing it. We're already doing vulnerability and asset management, configuration management. Don't mess up our party. Sure, sure. And so those capabilities are already in place. So therefore, hooray, you know, check. You can just then work with, you know, work to then make sure that's appropriately feeding into the dashboard so that there's visibility 
at the top levels and at the bureau and just uh, level. Bolt these things on, uh, Willie. You had a. I want to. I want to make sure that that we don't confuse some things. There seems to be some confusion out there in 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 the in the in the IT world about what CDM phase one and two what it was. Sure. CDM at its at, at its inception was a gap filler program. Mm -hmm. That's the way it was built. That's the way it was put out there. It was never to come in and rip and replace anything out of your network. It was to come and see what did agencies have, what was the sticking point, and then fill it. Defend continues that. Um, defend just allow because I, I hear a lot. Well, we you know we, we we feel that defend is more flexible. CDM has always been flexible. What happened was when you had this in, at its infancy, you only had a few agencies that jumped on board with CDM. So those agencies got together and decided what phase one and two would be, and what was the best breed of tools at that time for us to utilize and implement to gain asset management and identity management. So right. I, 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 mean, I think the yeah. whole community has been on this journey and sort of adapting, right? You can give uh, each agency a tool and they're all gonna use it a little bit differently, right? right. Depending on sort of where they're starting from. Uh, Ralph, how about over at uh, Tanium? Tell us a little bit about maybe a specific program that you guys are focused on um, that uh, you'd like to highlight. So we support a lot of civilian customers. Uh, data from our tool does feed the CDM dashboard through various mm -hmm. um, processes at customers. DHS, I think, is, uh, uh, you know, so the components of DHS that we support are probably um, ones that would come to mind there. They seem to be embracing um, more aggressive metrics and uh, an ability to move kind of towards <clears throat> more metrics, more accurate metrics, and faster data. Um, you know, same thing for postal, SSA, State Department, places like that that are all really um, taking the, the boost they got from the CDM program and, and using that as kind of momentum to carry them forward faster. So that, that would be kind of where I would, I would say that we're doing uh, most, of our, most of our stuff. A lot of good, good uh, um, example of a, a product that's being snapped in and being adapted widely, right? Rolling up to the dashboard, et cetera, which is, uh, is super important. Uh, Willie, you guys were an early adopter, right, as you were describing. You want to talk about maybe a specific program that, uh, you, you know, you're sort of currently in the middle of uh, implementing that uh, would be um, something that is... Uh, sure. I mean, so, so we looked at CDM as, as an opportunity to help our risk management program overall mm -hmm. um, in totality. So, so our security program, if you will, risk management program, is really entwined with CDM and the capabilities that CDM um, provides, not just because it's more to us than just tools. Um, we work closely with DHS um, currently on the defend, so we're going fully into defend, and we're, and we're helping to drive what those requirements would be and what they look like because we can utilize the first parts of CDM um, that we did with the asset management, identity management, to now look at the total total package, the holistic view of um, what does management see? What is Renee Wynn, our CIO, able to see as far as making decisions? What is the, um, the A-suite, Mr. Bridenstine, our administrator, administrator, what is he able to see? Um, what do they need to see? What do they right? need to see? So, right. so it's, it's, it's multiple projects under that CDM umbrella with dashboards, risk management, and then we continue to tweak the tools to give us the asset management, identity management information that we need. So Right, so it's just taking the outcomes of all this capability and weaving it into your whole risk management right. portfolio, if you will, 
and then bringing up to a higher order all the way up to the administrator down to uh, everyone else that and needs it. And then also it, right? the down, the down, right, and also the down and in. Yeah. Um, for the administrators, the, the IT administrators to be able to make decisions at their level. So we're looking at risk management at each level and what they and the information that's needed in order to make sure we're more secure. Sure, it was you know it was always look. It's hard to defend something when you don't know what what you're you know sort of dealing with. And we've sort of gone beyond that now into this higher order capability where we can really make good risk profile decisions. Ralph, you want to make a yeah, comment? I just want yeah. to piggyback on what Willie said. Risk is definitely where the agencies are going, and I think where industry is going. And when you think about risk, it's really difficult to assess risk unless you have really good data and timely data, right? Bingo. So the, the right. agencies are moving from kind of good to better to best, and CDM is helping them get there, right? When they started CDM, I'm not even sure you could really characterize the data as good, right? And when they got through um, asset management, I'm going to try to use the right words here, um, you know, they got to better, and I think they're moving towards best, right? Sure. Best is really accurate. It's really timely, and it, it allows you to assess risk um, on something more than kind of a weekly or monthly basis, but even on a you know minute by minute, hour by hour, would kind of be the you know the penultimate gold standard, right? If somebody was able to watch dynamically and see what risk they had, and then address them really quickly, you make it a lot harder for the adversary to take advantage of uh, any weaknesses you may have. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about, right? Hardening the hardening the target so the adversary uh, has a much harder time. Um, doing harm to the U.S. and its agencies. Yeah, and I think that was part of that crawl, walk, run, right? I mean, now, okay, now we have the data, and now we have to start to get a lot more sophisticated about the quality of the data, et cetera. Gary, you wanted to make a comment. Right. Um, so we're, we're touching on the data, and that's a big initiative in CDM right now. We are really focusing on the data consistency. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about the data quality. I think it, we're, we're, we're definitely getting to much better quality, but our, our data is consistent. We, we want to make sure that data is consistent. It's giving you the right um, indicators for, to address your risk posture. Um, we're delivering those capabilities. I think we, we, one of our biggest initiatives right now is, is definitely to, to um, work on the data quality or, and data consistency. Jim, let's go down to you at Fortinet and talk about just a specific program. You know, you, you've seen a lot of different things, right, from both sides of the fence. Uh, Given this example of a, a program that you'd like to, to, to bring to light here. So a riff on the theme that everybody's been talking about of metrics and data is I've been accused of being a numbers zealot almost in the sense that in cybersecurity, if you can't measure it, you can't drive improvement. And you're doing something either because it's faith-based, it feels like the right thing to do, or there are carrots and sticks. If I don't do this, bad things will happen, or good things will I'll be immunized if I tried and I failed. Um, one of the things that I've been excited about when I came to Fortinet was to realize that not only do we have data from coming at us from all sides, but we have a single pane of glass way to put it together, that you have the ability to use different overlays to be able to do this kind of continuous diagnostic in real time. And the part that, I'm the, that, that particularly intrigued me was we have a security rating service overlay that you can put on that so that not only do you know the state of threat, the state of vulnerability, but you can add additional overlays to that that let you say, so fill in the blank, is it FISMA, is it PCI, is it HIPAA compliant? In real time, you can actually look at and then mitigate threats coming at you from those different kinds of compliance regimes. And that's a different spin on the ability 
to make something better than to just say, I see a threat, I see a vulnerability, and I'm mitigating that. Right, and it's uh, extremely powerful to be able to do that. Also, the scoring capability, right, as far as a risk matrix, I think is, is really significant. Well, we love to talk about lessons learned here. Gary, I'm gonna start with you and just give us an example of sort of a lessons learned, some of the things that you're seeing out there that would be important as everyone sort of goes on this journey uh, that uh, you know would be, would be of interest to folks, so that they can uh, you know course correct if they need to. So one of our big lessons learned from uh, CDM is the ability to be a little bit more versatile in our dashboard. Um, we we just awarded our new dashboard contract. Uh, I believe it was probably a few days ago, um, <laughs> and uh, it's so with that uh, award. We're um, focusing on building a new suite of integrated tools and products to make a more of a dashboard ecosystem. I've heard a few people mention that in, at the panel right now, but it, it is going to make the dashboard a little bit more versatile. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more user-friendly, um, give you uh, the, the data uh, that you need in a better performance, uh, and we're, we're focusing on, on, on that. As far as another lesson learned, we're, you know, with Defend, we definitely, we put it out to a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. This is not an easy job. So we have to, we have to put more time in to get the technology correct and get the technology implemented into, into agencies. So we put a six year time period on, on, um, on Defend. Uh, we've also learned that, you know, we've touched on the, the RFSs, the request for service, flexibility. We need, we need flexibility to deliver products and services to the agencies. So with, with the advent of RFSs, we're able to take what the, the agency needs, um, take their requirements, and provide them the products that really would help them um, improve their risk posture. And the fact that service base should be able to implement those things very quickly, which is awesome. Uh, Ralph, how about at Tanium? Any lessons learned, pluses and minuses that you'd like to share? So I, I wanted to go back to something that, um, you know, kind of Gary mentioned that uh, a lot of these things to do it right take time, but it's also important to acknowledge that things change over time, right? I think if you look back at when CDM started, the tools that were selected back then um, were great at the time, but we're five or six years in, right? The industry's moved Which forward, technology's moved forward. Yeah, in, te in cyber, 100%. five or six minutes is a lot of time, not five or six years. And so, you know, one of the things as we get to approach kind of the running phase is a ability to kind of evaluate, as, as um, Jim said, you know, how effective are the things that we're using and are there more effective things and how can we quickly identify what those are try them out, adopt them, and, uh, you know, acquire them and adopt them, right? How can we increase the cycle time with which we say, hey, the tool that we were using two years ago, maybe it doesn't cut it now. So how, how can CDM help the agencies cut the cycle time from finding the new thing that they need to getting it in and getting it operational from, you know, three to five years, maybe to six months or something? I know that's a, that's a big one, right? That's, that's, that's pretty fast. But I'm just saying that as we look at things, the adversaries get to change their tactics daily if they want to. We've got to be able to change equally quickly. And, and so as we look to the run phase, that's a lesson learned for me, right? We've got to continually be um, kind of compressing the time it takes us to do those things. You've got to be able to snap it in and snap it out. Well, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. 
The DHS CDM program requires technology partners that can offer the speed, scale, and extensibility needed to guard against advanced threats and improve overall risk posture. Tanium CDM approved core platform and suite of functional modules are being used across civilian agencies and the DOD. They offer unprecedented levels of visibility and control of your enterprise, including best-in-class threat response and forensics to help you make the right decisions instantly. Visit them at Tanium.com and get started today. Why do government professionals need to understand the science of cybersecurity? Because their adversaries do. Top rated by independent cybersecurity experts, Fortinet focuses on speed and effectiveness to ensure agencies can rely on seamless, integrated, and intelligently automated security solutions. At Fortinet Federal, our goals match yours. Improve enterprise security, reduce complexity, and optimize resources. Trust Fortinet Federal to advance the science of cybersecurity in your agency. Learn more at FortinetFederal.com. From large backlogs and mountains of data to unfunded mandates and spikes in demand, federal agencies face obstacles to efficiently completing business and mission tasks. Intelligent automation can help ease some of the pressure. At KPMG, they help agencies access the full spectrum of intelligent automation so they can deliver greater innovation across their organizations while having a more positive impact on their mission, workforce, and constituents. To learn more, please visit kpmg.com backslash U.S. backslash gov automation. Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. With me on today's show are Gary Jones, Department of Homeland Security, Willie Crenshaw with NASA, Bo Hauser with the FDA, Sally Sweeney with KPMG, Ralph Kahn with Tanium and Jim Richburg with Fortinet. We were talking about lessons learned with CDM. Uh, Willie, NASA was an early adopter. I'm sure you got a lot of lessons learned, pluses and minuses. Give us one lesson learned that you'd like to share. Um, on the plus side, make sure you get your management, your top management in your agency involved early on in understanding what, what CDM and what you're doing as far as the cyber. Um, on the negative side is to make sure that you have the funding in the out years. Um, CDM, Defend, and, and all of this is, is um, the first procurement year plus one, so it's about two years. So you need to make sure that in order to maintain these, these capabilities that you have the funding in the out years. Um, Jim and I was just talking, you can't, the government can't move from an integration standpoint every six months to a new tool. Impossible. So, right. yeah, so we have to kind of plan that out and put it in the framework going forward to make sure that, we, uh, that we're able to maneuver and put in new products and keep everything fresh. Sally, how about a KPMG? One lesson learned there. Um, Willie was, you know, speaking my language over there. Um, I asked Kevin Cox during a panel that I moderated the same question about, um, on a CDM panel, same question about funding, because we have, we've had a lot of people asking about the, fun, like, how long does this, sure. you know, I'm doing air quotes, free money last. You know, we get the free money from DHS. And they, as, as, he, as Willie said, the option, you're plus one. So I think that's really important to emphasize that everyone is very clear about what funding is available, how long, you know, what's the total, you know, cost of investment for, you know, there is a requirement for agencies to budget in security. So yeah. it shouldn't be a surprise, right? You should already be thinking this way, but... You know, some agencies are more mature than others in their, you know, uh, you know, in that journey. 
but I do think it's important to to make sure that agencies are aware of the funding um, availability and to then budget in in their internal budgets for the total cost of ownership for their uh, you know CDM investments. Um, I also think it is important to have good you know promote a good healthy culture internally so that you know not it's not just the you know security team that owns CDM it has to be a culture within the agency that everyone understands obviously from the top down but to your data center to your application development team to your um you know to your network guys to your DBAs everybody to understand their role in making sure that um you know obviously the 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 ultimate you know goal is to have security built in at at the SDLC level before you even get into production but the key is to have that culture built in so that everyone understands the benefit of what you get from having your data fed to your local and federal dashboards. Sure, whole community's got to be involved, got to plan accordingly. Bo, you've been at this for a while over at SBA. Uh, give us a lesson learned. So, uh, one, you know, like I mentioned before, the cloud, the native cloud tools really simplify a lot of the challenges that we we deal with from an on-prem perspective. But you have to integrate your on-prem tools. You can't do it all with those native cloud services. Uh, and then the second one I'll highlight is with the cloud, you know, there's still a struggle with um, with how folks think about the cloud, and there's a tendency to go straight to the point where you're going to spin up some servers and and load the software and kind of do it the way that we we understand from our on-prem mentality, and we have to work hard to change that that thought process so that we're really pushing cloud service providers to build these services into the fabric of the cloud. Uh, because it simplifies our maintenance and it lowers our costs and, and simplifies the IT management too. Yeah, I mean, that was a big shift, uh, you know, moving into that journey, not only for the agencies to go into there and then adopt the CDM capabilities, but for the cloud providers right. to then incorporate that, fuse it together. Jim, how about over at Fortinet? You've got, uh, again, a, a long career here and you've been at this a while as well on both sides of the fence, so to speak. Uh, give us a lesson learned, a plus or a minus there. So look, I'll give you a, a quick two-parter. And the first is there are not one-size-fits-all turnkey solutions. And the second is trust but verify. We've got an approved products list that says here are things that, that dovetail under the CDM umbrella. But to Willie's point, that doesn't absolve the departments from doing their homework to say what am I actually trying to solve? Because it's not a matter of saying I take one from column A, one from column B, one from column C, I'm done. You need to redefine your requirement, then you need to actually work with the vendor to figure out if that's actually the best mix of tools to do the job. And the second part of that is you really would like to find independent testing about the efficacy of the product. You don't want to get into implementation and then find out that the specifications in the APL were best case. You want to find out what real world performance is or do a pilot yourself so that you don't get halfway down that implementation path and find out that I've got an approved tool, but it simply doesn't scale appropriately with my problem. Trust but verify always rules the day. All right, we're gonna wrap it up here. We got a little bit less than 12 minutes. We wanna just talk about sort of, you know, what, what, is, what does the future look like? You know, if we could fast forward a little bit, we're gonna start with you, Willie. 
Uh, what does the future look like in regards to the CDM program at NASA? Um, I see the CDM program being more utilized with, you know, throughout you know, all of NASA. Right now it's there. Um, I, I see it as a bigger piece than just the capabilities and tools and things of that. So it's, it's really the federal government cybersecurity program and risk management program. Because you're talking about policies, you're talking about the capabilities, the tools. I think everyone focuses on the technical side of the world, but we're looking at looking at more than just technical. You know, as far as far as NASA is concerned, you know, we're going to the moon in four years. Um, so we have to be able to be agile and be flexible as to to what capabilities we look at within the agency to meet that. But also, um, one of the other things is ongoing authorization. You know, the FISMA laws, all of that, the data that we have to feed to meet FISMA and IG reports and GAO reports, all of those things encompassed within CDM uh, as a program, not necessarily as just a vehicle in order to gain tools and services. Right, it's sort of the, the you know, the extract of the data coming out of those programs and the, the use of that uh, uh, information. Jim, how about over at Fortinet? What, is, what does the future look like when you guys sort of peer out there? So I actually think that CDM has close parallels to where the commercial, the high-end managed security service providers are going in terms of their ability to provide these, call them gated communities, if you will, where you have good situational awareness of what's coming at you, the ability to see it one place, block it every place, do preventative action. So I think we're getting to the position where CDM fully built out will give government that kind of capability. You'll have these islands of excellence in the private sector. Um, and I think one of the things that, that underlies this, and I'll, I'll riff off of Willie being from NASA, is what is the rocket fuel that drives AI and machine learning's ability to do all of this? And that's big data. And this is something where the data that feeds CDM, the data that the defender has, is something that I think is, is a comparative advantage that, that we bring to the table. We're looking at parts of the ecosystem now that look at hundreds of billions to a trillion security events a day. That's a lot of training data for an AI and ML program. And that's something that somebody who's a malicious actor coming at us would be hard pressed to be able to match. Right, and this persistent capability that's available, and not only the, the data to feed CDM, but the data that CDM produces, right? Uh, is, is pretty incredible, and the fact that you got to you know manage bots and things of this nature, it, it just gets a uh, just a whole different level of capability that wasn't really thought about uh, during the conception of that program. Sally, tell us about uh, tell us about the future as far as KPMG sits, and 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 uh, you know what, what does that look like? You know what, what's the forecast there? I believe that the future for this is going to be a more proactive ability to have two-way communication from the top level down to the agencies and into their um, different divisions. That rapid communication will allow us to be more um, advanced in not you know, completely stopping or eliminating the threats, but getting in front of them more proactively. So threat hunting capabilities, better threat intelligence to be rolled into, you know, these, you know, all of these um, different pieces of data that we're collecting as part of CDM so that you have that proactive 
component that then overlays the kind of pulse and heartbeat that's going on internally within each agency. So I think that that, you know, deeper, richer data in another five, 10 years from the uh, more proactive side will then allow for the CDM program, which is really intended to be the, you know, I hate to keep saying it, but the single pane of glass for these agencies in order to give leadership the real-time risk perspective, not just from a static perspective or not just from a compliance perspective or from vulnerabilities, but from how quickly are we getting in front of truly bad stuff to our high value assets. Yeah, and it's always an interesting dynamic of, of bringing, in, uh, you know, bringing in some of that uh, intelligence information and, and sort of incorporating that into these tools to allow them to be more effective. And there's a, obviously being from the IC, et cetera, it's a delicate balance there. Uh, Ralph, how about at Tanium? If you wanted to sort of, you know, fast forward here and look at the future, what does that look like in regards to, you know, what Tanium's cooking up? What do you guys got in the Petri dish there? You know, what are you signaling out there? Or what's being signaled to you as far as, you know, capabilities? So regardless of whether it's uh, Tanium's involved or not, what I'm hoping for the future of CDM is a world where um, agency leadership can see in real time the status and risk going on in their environment. Um, they get, and they can then decide in real time what action they want to take and implement that action so that they can begin to engage with the cyber adversary at the speed and scale the cyber adversary is engaging with them. At the same time, because the environment changes really rapidly, those same executives should have the ability to identify the change, determine what, what tools or technologies they need, and rapidly acquire, test them, acquire them, and, and deploy them. I think that's going to be critical. We need to break that cycle where things take years and years to kind of prove out. We really need to kind of go into a, a more of a spin model where we bring it in, we try it, we productionize it, kind of on the run, and we, we acquire it very quickly. So for me, that's where I hope, um, I hope the government goes. Yeah, and I think, you know, the fact that we're, we're um, you know, so much of this now is software-based gives us the capability to, you know, test these things out and do a, a microdose sample, if you will, and then based on that, we can scale it very quickly. Um, Jim, I think you were going to mention something. Yeah, to, to build on Ralph's point, I think what you need to do is automate the mitigation part of this. It's one thing to say I want to give the agency head real-time warning of something, but it, you also want to basically automate to the extent that you can your response. Something happens. Do I want to allow it? Do I want to allow it and warn on it? Do I want to block it and warn on it? You can bake a lot of that in so that, yes, you're, when, the, when the boss comes in the next day, they get a report that says, here's what happened overnight. But if you're really trying to respond at machine speed, you want to focus on the ability to automate this to the extent that you can move Right, forward. and I sort of knock down the noise, if you will, and get up to some of these higher order, more up the value chain. And that gets into, I think, you know, being able to trust the information that you're getting, you know, that type of thing, and being able to trust that, you know, the, uh, the non-human, if you will, is going to respond appropriately et cetera, et cetera. Well, how about at SBA? Well, what's the future look like in regards to uh, in the implementation of this capability? So um, we mentioned AI and machine learning. One of the challenges there is our adversaries are also using that, right, to improve their attack capabilities. Um, but, but I think the future and the next transformation of cybersecurity is really gonna rely on our ability 
as a community to really build that partnership among organizations and get past the reservations that we have today when it comes to sharing cybersecurity information. We got to get to a point where information sharing is seamless and automated and, and we're all comfortable with it so that an attack or even an attempted attack on any one of us equals near time protection for everyone and really drive up the cost of those attacks for our adversaries. And I think, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, one is being aware of it, two is being able to do something about it. And this gets back to, I think, some of that automation, right? I mean, realistically, uh, at some point, we have to continue to implement an automated type of response capability to some of these things to be realistic about how we're going to be able to, to, you know, respond in an appropriate manner and do it in a timely manner, right? I think that's really important. Gary, how about at DHS? You know, if you could sort of look at, you know, CDM phase five or whatever you want to call it, uh, what does that look like in three years? You know, we, we've gone through, we've knocked out some of the stuff, we've done the defend stuff, we, we're, we, we've implemented, you know, the ICAM capability, we've got a level of sophistication and sort of, what are you guys thinking about what's next? You know, what's sort of over the horizon that you're... So um, some of the panelists, they've really touched on some of the key pieces of what CDM is looking for in the, in the future. Uh, uh, as an engineer, I salivate when you say machine learning and, and AI and bringing that to the forefront. That is, that is one of the things that we're, we're, we're definitely looking to, to um, help uh, inform the decision makers. Uh, automation is definitely a, a key part of it. Um, you know, automating uh, with, with Willie mentioning ongoing assessment, uh, ongoing authorization, uh, those those capabilities. Um, CDM is really looking to be flexible, dynamic, and you know, uh, Bo mentioned collaboration. We really that's that's kind of what CDM is is all about. We always tend to. Uh, conflate the the program of CDM, which supplies you know gives you the great prices on the tools and the products and everything else, but we forget about the system, which supplies the data and and informs the leaders that you know what your risk is and and what your risk posture is. So I think the the future of CDM is to still maintain that program and and, and give you that that uh, that benefit of those products, but also. Uh, enhance the system where the data becomes really that real-time, um, consistent quality and um, push out the aware uh, cyber hygiene al algorithm to really inform the leaders. Well, the future looks bright, and I really want to thank you all today for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us for this program. I'd like to thank the sponsor for Without We Don't Have a Show. I'd like to thank the good people here at Federal News Network that make our program so successful and enjoyable. And most of all, I'd like to thank the listening audience out there that tune in every month. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to the 2019 Federal Executive Forum Series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 14 years. This show was produced by the Tresla Media Group. If you missed any portion of the show, you can listen to the show in its entirety and on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com.